Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. You may have noticed, or maybe you don't track these things at all, but the podcast has been a little inconsistent. Like I was releasing episodes every Tuesday morning, religiously, for a long time there. Shout out to my amazing assistant, Darlene, who uh, does her best to keep me on track. She is like a machine. I am not so much a machine. I have been struggling a lot in the last few months um, with focus and energy and just feeling awful and thinking it was all COVID related um, until <laughs> I actually went to the doctor and I got my uh, labs done. And it turns out that my lethargy and complete inability to get through a day and my inability to focus and my um, excessive joint pain and my weight gain and all of that um, actually isn't COVID related at all, but it's actually related to a really pretty um, severe vitamin B12 deficiency. I'm borderline adrenal fatigue. Probably if I went to like a functional medicine doctor, they'd be like, you're in full blown <laughs> adrenal fatigue. So turns out I've actually been kind of sick and I just didn't quite, I don't know. It's hard to tell, right? We're in the middle of this totally insane time, right? And Who's to know what's COVID and what's like actually completely viably medical? And, you know, I, I did a video about this in my Facebook group a few weeks ago or like last week. <laughs> I think it was only last week, you guys. But what the fuck is time? What is time? Since I like have to nap almost every day, like maybe it feels like it was weeks and weeks ago because each day really feels like three. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but I did a, I did a, um, a video about this and it was really, it's really about self care, right? It's really about the fact that, especially in this time, we have got to be diligent about all, our self care. And, you know, self care these days is not getting a mani pedi and a massage because first of all, guess what? <laughs> we don't get to get those anymore. But also because, you know, we're dealing with such bigger issues. Um, a lot of us are struggling with mental health issues. Um, you know, this B B12 deficiency also causes um, depression. And, you know, I'm already on medication for that. So I was like, fuck, like, <laughs> you know, turns out I just need a shot a couple times a week, which I'm getting. And by the way, is life changing, right? But that's the level of self care that I want us all to really think about, you know, if you have let things slide, like getting your labs done and getting a physical and stuff like that during this time, please don't, please, please go get your, like, if you're feeling like shit, 
don't just chalk it up to COVID because it might actually be something medical like it was for me. So that's my public service announcement for the day. Um, and then just to let you know that I'm sort of getting myself back on track because I'm getting my shots more regularly. I got one shot last week, which didn't really make it throughout the entire week. And so this week I'm getting two shots. And so hopefully that'll carry me through and taking some other supplements that hopefully will kick in and start keeping my brain uh, in gear. <laughs> That's my story, Morning Glories. Um, and today I am bringing you um, a, 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 an episode with um, my friend Dana Davenport. Uh, Dana being Dana, which I love. Dana is, is a divorced mom and she is an attorney and she's also um, a black woman. And I met her when uh, Ben and Nikki of Our Happy Divorce and Susan Guthrie of the Divorce and Beyond podcast and I did a live stream with Dana about the protests and the murder of George Floyd. And it was the week that I had put out my podcast episode on white supremacy and smashing the patriarchy. And I think I told you guys at the time that I wanted to have this conversation also with a woman of color, because I think it's um, important, obviously, to uh, have these conversations with the people uh, that they mostly affect. When I met Dana, when we all did, Susan uh, brought her to that live stream. And when we met, I was like, yes, this is the woman I want to have this conversation with. And uh, so I asked her and she was thrilled to do it. And we became fast friends as usual. And I just adore her. And this conversation covers a broad spectrum um, of things, um, not just race relations, but really um, Dana has a show um, it's actually a TV show on her local, a local station where she lives in Chicago, um, called Finding Common Ground. And so it was a really, it's, it's just such an important and timely topic, finding common ground. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Dana Michelle Davenport. Hey, Dana. Hey girl, how you doing? Girl, I'm so happy. I'm so grateful that you agreed to come on to the podcast to talk about all of the things. <laughs> oh, all the things. And it is a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled that we connected. I think that people come together for all different types of reasons, but it's always meant to be. And so I'm thrilled that our paths have crossed. Um, we've, be we've begun already, but this yeah. is just a continuation of that connection, that bond, that friendship. So um, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. And so I'm just, I'm so, so, so excited. For those who don't know, um, it's linked in the show notes because that's important. Dana and I met through our mutual friend, Susan Guthrie, who everyone's heard on the podcast before. And if you don't know, which I think you do, Susan and Ben Heldbond of Our Happy Divorce and I do a weekly live stream on the Our Happy Divorce Facebook page and in my face. We, we, we broadcast it everywhere. And Dana came on and we had an incredible conversation. It was in the middle of the protests. And we really just had an amazing conversation about all the things, about Black Lives Let Matter, about divorce, about what else did we talk about? I mean, really, that was it. <laughs> talk about, talked about finding common ground. And just all of this really is about conflict resolution. 
managing a divorce situation, standing up for Black Lives Matter, standing up for conflict, standing up for injustice in whatever form it may, may be, particularly now with Black Lives Matter. But it's all about conflict resolution and being proactive for the things that matter, the things that are important and the things that make us human um, and in our ability to relate to, to one another. So it was, it was a great episode. I was honored to be with you all and thrilled that, that Susan connected us and brought me in for that, for that episode. We had a lot of fun. It was good. We did. We did. It has, and I just was looking at it yesterday when I was pulling it for the show notes and it, we had like, I think we've had like over 4,000 views already, which is oh, wow. like in a it's week. Incredible. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. It's because you're so good looking. It's super hot. <laughs> All, it's yeah. all you, boo. All, all so good looking. So. All you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so, you know, I really, the reason I wanted to, I, you know, I wanted to talk to you on the podcast because I wanted an excuse to talk to you again. But um, one of the things that was, you know, really coming up around as the Black Lives Matter and the protests was, like, I was checking in with the Black women in my in my Facebook group specifically yep. to ask them, you know, what do they need? What do they need? Where are they? How are they feeling? And the thing that came up so much for them was the guilt of leaving black men at this time in particular, right? That like they've made this decision, they're done. They've been carrying the burden of the trauma for a long time, you know, and I think that, Black men and Black women carry so much fucking trauma to start with, right? And that these women have felt responsible for holding that for men, and they're done with it, and they don't want to do it anymore. And now all of a sudden, they're like, oh, sh-. it's like they said they're going to leave them. And now it's like the trauma just like the bottom just kind of came out right. from under the whole thing, right? Right. And that was something that I hadn't even thought of of course, as a white woman. And so can you kind of, can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. And, and they know I'm a black woman, right? They, they know that. Yeah, they do now. <laughs> they do now. If you, if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> we guess we should have, we should have specified. Just, just, for, just for the record. For the record. You know, what I would say, th- this is about managing your own priorities. Yeah. and their own values. I think one thing that the pandemic has taught me is that we have to recognize our own mortality mm-hmm. with the pandemic and, and what has happened. It's a, it's a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is Black women often take on the burdens of everyone else and put ourselves last. Yeah, You have to stand up for you. You only have one life to live. Mm-hmm. I think Black women you know, and I don't have all the statistics, but don't quote me on this, but I think it's no coincidence that, that we have high rates of high blood pressure, heart mm. disease, right. um, cardiovascular issues, because we are worriers mm-hmm. and we are nurturers and we don't self-care. And I think when it comes to managing yourself and managing your boundaries and taking care of self, we tend to put ourselves last. And one thing that I have learned, I'm divorced um, and I am living my best life now. And so from the lessons that I've learned is it's very much like that oxygen mask analogy on airplanes. You have to take care of yourself first before you are able to take care of others. So that's what I wish, like if people don't get anything else from this episode, 
it's about you got to manage your own guilt and triggers. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty, girl. Do you. <laughs> right. Do you. Because yeah. everybody's out there doing themselves. And the last thing you want to live with is regret. Yeah. I don't like the construct that there's a guilt associated with, with taking care of, of black men. I love black men. My daddy was black. His husband was black. And, and I'm dating someone who is black. But I think they have to be responsible for who they are. Yes. And if it's not working with your values, I feel the same way about friendship. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way about my employer. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if it's not working for my values, mm-hmm. then I have to, I got to be out. Right. I, I think that, I, so while I understand, for example, people not wanting to move forward with a divorce proceeding because they just lost their job, right? Or they're afraid of their job security or job stability. A lot of changes have happened during COVID, which are not necessarily related specifically to the coronavirus. Even if you've had a death mm-hmm. in your family, coronavirus or otherwise, you know, people are grieving losses. There's a lot of pain that has been inflicted over the past couple of months due to loss. Those are reasons why someone may be like, you know what, I'm, I'm not really quite ready yet. But gaslighting is real. Right. And people get gaslighted. You know, people are gaslighted all the time by narcissists, sociopaths, but sometimes you can kind of gaslight yourself oh, yeah. into thinking that you have to stay in a situation that doesn't suit you. Mm-hmm. Be around just because 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 you're married to a black man. If it's not working, it's just not working. And I don't care what color they are. If they're purple, yeah. if they're green. You know, th- th- there was this one quote that I saw that, that talked about, and, and I'll just read it. It said, we need to stop glorifying black women and girls as the strong race sh- soldiers and fixers for black communities and particularly for black men. And that's the, that's the whole construct of, of white women being the damsel in distress mm-hmm. needing to be saved. Right. While the, while the black woman who is still woman and feminine indeed has to take on the role of, of the fixer of the savior of the strong one. Yeah. And that's a whole nother, you know, dynamic and construct you know, to unpack, but it talks about, you know, the dehumanization of women in that regard, black women, yeah. when they're, when they're put on this, I wouldn't even say it's a pedestal, but they're put on this ledge or they're, or there's this expectation that they will, at the expense of their own needs, mm-hmm. sacrifice to protect others. And it's particularly in this time, you know, it's it's this double whammy of COVID, yes, which also is affecting Black communities more than it is anyone else. And also in the time when, you know, George Floyd's murder has just incited such, on the one hand, an incredible, you know, rise to action globally, but also is really fucking traumatizing to, so it's, you know, I think that, that the women that I've been talking to are like, Black men are being killed and it's in our face and we're talking about it and it's all over the place. And then I'm also leaving him, <laughs> you know? And again, like we've, we've talked about that someone else's trauma is not your fucking job to fix. It's not your problem. It's not your fault. And listen, you know, yes, black, the, the thing about this is that black men have been targeted and persecuted through this police brutality and racism as the protectors mm-hmm. for decades, forever. Uh-huh. I mean, let's go back. I mean, goes it goes back to slavery. That hasn't changed. And 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 Will Smith said this. It's it's racism is no is not just you know more prevalent. It's just now being recorded. 
So now you're seeing, they didn't have video cameras in, in the 60s. Um, they didn't have video cameras in the, in the 1800s. Right. You can still support others in their trauma mm-hmm. and still maintain your own boundaries. Some people use that as excuses when they gaslight themselves. This is just another reason why I shouldn't, why I should wait, why I should, should not do. And that's sometimes people just do that to make excuses for themselves. Right. And so that is something that people have to own. Yeah. There is this societal construct, right? That black women be the strong black woman, take care of, take care of him right there. I think that there is a cultural messaging that, that black women, from what I understand, right. From what I've heard again, I don't know. In these streets. In these streets. (laughs) Is that there is a, there is more of a pressure on black women in that way and a cultural conditioning around taking care. Staying in unhealthy situations, standing by your man. But I think that's part of the gaslighting that keeps people tethered. Yeah. To unhealthy situations. Absolutely. I was married to someone who was unemployed. For two years, he lost his big fancy job and he was unemployed for two years. And I just got tired because he was not a partner to me in the way that I needed because I could be the breadwinner. I have no problems necessarily doing that. But I think there are non-financial ways to contribute to a household. Mm -hmm. There are non-financial ways to contribute to a household. So everybody doesn't have to go out and make a check. Right. But there are so many other things that go into maintaining a home. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to partner with me, if you're not willing to support me and what I'm doing, because that helping me take care of, you know, our children or any children in the home supports me. If I'm the one out here working, if I'm, out, I'm the one out here making a check, making, making money. And so it's about not, not showing up in that way, you know, and that that's me and my, and my personal journey. But I think there's a ton of, people out here taking care of people, you know, who are not, you know, they they don't have the same ambitions or they don't have the same protectiveness. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, and this is one of my thoughts. There's, there's a lot of men and there could be black men too, but there's a lot of people who've been raised in single parent homes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And generally when that happens, you are raised by what a woman. (laughs) And so (laughs) what a woman. And so what happens is, is people get used to being taken care of and nurtured by a woman. Mm. So many times when they get into marriages, they go from, well, my mama used to take care of me to now my wife is taking care of me. Mm-hmm. And you lose the male, the masculinity, the male energy of being the protector, the provider. Mm-hmm. I, was, I grew up in a home where my dad was the provider. Yeah. And my dad liked to cook. So that was a rude awakening when I got married. (laughs) I was like, where's my food? (laughs) But a lot of times people bring into their marriage the examples that they were exposed to in their childhood. So if you grew up in if you grew up in a female dominated home where the woman worked all the time, she did all the cooking, she took care of everything. There's a level of maturity. There's a there's a level of self awareness and emotional intelligence to take one to say that is not necessarily the norm. Mm -hmm. That woman, my mother did that because she had to, because she didn't have a choice. Right. Well, it's not that she wanted to be the breadwinner and the cook and the launderer, the laundromat and the entertainment and the, all of those things. She did it because she didn't have a choice. Right. 
She had. She did it correct because there was no one else there. Mm-hmm. It takes a certain amount of of emotional intelligence to get that. Yes. And so I think sometimes uh, men and women, right, depending on 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 how you were raised and where you came from, bring that energy into a marriage. And so if you are a woman, you've seen your mother do everything for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you then feel like you have to do everything for everybody. And that's just not necessarily true yeah. because it drains you. Mm-hmm. It drains you. It takes everything you have. It, it so does. And I think there's, there's two other, I think there's two other points to that too, right? Is that I think that as women, that's also that nurturing thing, that caretaking thing, that all of that, we have been conditioned to believe that that's actually our wooing card, right? That that's our highest value card. No, honey. Oh, oh, (laughs) that's what we tell them. We tell them no. No, but that is what like, so then, right, we do that. We sort of play that feminine card where we're, we're, we're doing the housekeeping and stuff because we think that that makes us value. That's what our value is in a relationship. Right. And so we put that on and then we have babies and we're like, okay, now, now I need you to partner with me and all that because I'm busy over here. And the men are like, wait, what? Right. <laughs> huh? yeah. Well, and, and one thing I've learned when it, particularly when it comes to marriage and then, you know, divorce, you don't know what kind of parent you are until you become one. Hell no. And you don't know what kind of co-parent you've married until Uh you become one. Because people talk a whole lot of stuff about the kind of parent they want to be, how many kids they want to have. Remember, remember what's like your ideal? Yeah. What you said when you were 12, like, I'm going to have four kids, six kids. I'm going to have Brady Bunch. It'll be amazing. No. Life hits you and you're like. You get one and you're like, oh shit. Right. Oh, hell yeah. Like I'm, (laughs) I may kill them. Like, I don't know what I'm, you know, but it. (laughs) It's an, it's an incredible, when you want to do parenting right, yeah. it's the most selfless thing that you will do. Mm-hmm. And it takes a ton of work, a ton of energy, a ton of patience, honey, mm-hmm. because it's so selfless. And, you know, I, with, for me, I've got two kids and, and one of them is so much like me. Mm. I mean, she is my kind. So I, I get her, she gets me. I know her triggers. Like, yeah. I know how to motivate her. The only thing only difference is that I used to love to read and she hates reading. So we're working on that. Bummer. But other than that, like I, I know her yeah. emotionally, mentally and all of those things. On the other hand, my son is the opposite of me. Like mm-hmm. he is so different in the, in the way that he learns and the way that he grows and all the things that he does. We, he and I have a very similar sense of humor, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But, but aside from that, I'm learning to, to be a parent in a, in a very different way. Yeah. And, you have to be open to that and receptive and responsive to that. And so, you know, just bringing it back, I was married to somebody who, who didn't get all that. Right. And that has mm. strained their relationship. Mm. And, and then also, of course, consequently ours as well. But yeah, the notion of, of having to shoulder, you know, my advice to anybody who's listening to this, people in your group is you've got to take control of your life. Yeah. You know, you have one life to live. So carry that guilt if you want to, but you don't get any time back for mm. time wasted. It is a choice, right? You can carry yeah, it absolutely. if you want to, and you can lay it down if you want to. There's, there's many people who stay in unhealthy, toxic, sexless mm. situations mm. that don't fulfill them. Mm-hmm. And 
I feel bad for them, but I also respect their choices in life. And I've, I always tell people, you know, you own your choice. Right. Don't make excuses for it. Mm-hmm. Own your choice. Right. And if you choose to stay, like I'm not, I'm not an advocate for divorce. I want to be clear on that. Yep. Me neither. If, if you choose to stay, make that the best, healthiest, non-toxic situation that you can. Mm-hmm. So whether that's you get therapy for yourself, yep. you require that your spouse get therapy, your, your children, I'm a big believer in therapy and mental health. Cause you got to own your triggers. You got to own your vulnerabilities. You have to own where you go wrong. Right. And how you contribute to your own situation. And I'm not blaming the victim per se, but there are a lot of things. For example, if you have jealous tendencies yeah, that could be eroding your marriage. Yeah. If you are insecure, you got that baby weight, your child's 17, right? And you feel so, and you feel some kind of way about it, right? right? A lot of times women feel feel different about their image and their their spouse or their mate loves them. Yeah. The way they are, stretch marks, whatever. Yes. Right. But in their mind, they're like, I gotta get back to my That's the man I need. <laughs> I got to get back to my, to my pre baby weight or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. They are insecure. And so if that's the case, right, you got to own that. It doesn't matter if you divorce this man, if you will carry the same insecurities and issues, some people call it baggage into the next mm-hmm. relationship. That's why mm-hmm. you got to deal with your shit. Yes. That's a part of you. And you have to heal in ways that you have been torn, broken, hurt because that's that's the real work and so that's why i tell people like yeah. if you're going to stay then then be your best you do your own work mm-hmm. i've got friends who say yes. well he won't go to therapy and go then you go to therapy right make your situation exactly. the best that it can be we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor today's episode of the divorce survival guide podcast is sponsored by better help better help is an online counseling service. They counsel more people worldwide than any other online service available. And I love BetterHelp. They will assess your needs and they'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours. This is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online. The service is available to clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and you're going to get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. I'll tell you that I I know that I work with a lot of women who are not able to find a counselor in their area, right? Maybe they live in rural areas or it otherwise it's difficult for them to find a counselor and BetterHelp is probably your best bet out there. We have a special offer for the Divorce Survival Guide podcast listeners to get 10% off your first month. So go to betterhelp.com slash divorce survival guide. Now that's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P, and join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash divorce survival guide. 
the other thing I said that there were two things I wanted to say about sort of the strong, you know, women's strength and their nurturing and carrying, carrying everything. One of the things that I think one of the impacts that that has on us is that we, we lose our vulnerability somewhere, right? Where, when we are so busy and we're so overwhelmed and we're so, we actually are, I think our, we lose our vulnerability and our ability to be intimate, right? And truly, sort of like come down off of doing everything and actually be with someone. Yeah. I always talk to people about, about tapping into your feminine energy. I think for me, I have, I have a strong personality. I, by day I'm at the negotiation table as a lawyer and it's usually, it's Mm -hmm. a very male dominated profession. It's the male dominated, I would say boardroom, but now it's a male dominated zoom call. Zoom room. (laughs) My zoom room. And so I stand in that all the time to get my point across. Right. But I'm, and I'm, and I am, I'm very clear on this in terms of who I am and my own values. I never want to be that dominant person when it comes to a relationship or marriage or whatever. Mm. So I attract people sometimes who are like, you're so strong. You're so amazing. You're so, oh, you're so powerful. But what I'm looking for is someone who, who sees that, but also sees that, you know, that, that, that I have needs that are, that are not in the, in the, she's a dominant person space. Right. And, and I always talk about this when it comes to the strong women, right? Because, because what happens is, is that when you have the weak, docile, <laughs> it's like, oh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta cuddle Casey because she's so precious and so delicate. Yeah. We, gotta, we have to, we have to cater to her because she's so fragile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what my argument is always, it's, it's watch the strong women because they're mm-hmm. the ones who are tired because they're so busy yeah. holding up everybody else. You know, yes. the weak ones are usually only responsible for themselves and they're struggling with that. Right. Uh, but it's the people who are so busy shouldering the burdens and the pains and the needs of everybody else. Mm-hmm. So those women who are running the household, right? Yeah. They're tired. They are so tired. They are so tired. And, and I have a lot of girlfriends who, you know, were, were similar and similarly yoked. And we talk about this like in the dating world, right? Mm-hmm. Especially dating in COVID and things like that. Mm-hmm. We love when we talk about dating and, and we love when there are men who show up who are interested in dating with a plan. Right? Yes. So it's like, well, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Yeah. Like, I would love for you to have a plan yeah. because I'm always planning. I'm planning right. for everybody. Exactly. I'm planning for everybody that I take care of. I'm planning for the team that I, you know, at, at my job, I'm planning for all of these people. So to find somebody who is interested in me mo- romantically, who has a plan. Yes. Right. Yes. It's, it's very sexy. Preach. Preach. So, listen, so brother, sexy. brother's out here right now planning, right? Like, yeah. Take the initiative. Do you know that? Be different. Real. And people say, real. you know, and this is for the men, people say, you know, how, what do you give a woman who has, who seemingly has everything? Because I don't think women necessarily always have everything, but that's the perception that they look like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look like, right? And, and yeah. men take that perception. They're projecting their own insecurities onto those women. Yeah. And so if they seemingly have everything, they can't love themselves. They can't. And, and, and what I mean by that is, is those expressions of love. They can't mm-hmm. plan for themselves. They can't surprise themselves. They can't be thoughtful for themselves. And, and yes, they can. You, you know what I mean? Like that's not yeah, I know. somebody listening like, well, technically I love me. That's not what I mean, girlfriend. Right. What I'm talking about 
is when someone is extending and expressing a love language to you through an act of service right. or planning a gift yes. or quality time mm-hmm. or tapping into your needs. As, mm-hmm. as, as type A and as a, much of a planner as you are, you cannot do those things yourself. There's nothing like like just fucking dropping the reins and just someone else just like someone take, else just doing it. Take it. I'll drive. I'll plan. Yep. You know what? What are your allergies? What are your food preferences? Great. I'll pick a place. Mm-hmm. I'm picking you up at eight. Right. Red, We're wear a dress or, or whatever. Uh-huh. Just, oh my god, the hottest. Pack a bag. Pack a bag. Bring you know. Bring dinner attire. Bring swim attire bring whatever. That's all you need to know. Yep. Okay. Boom. I got a plan. You're definitely getting some. <laughs> there you go. Get ready. Right? Get like, ready. And those so are some hot. of the secrets to, to dating and, and, and relationships and, and all of that. People get intimidated by that kind of stuff. And I, I just think we overthink mm-hmm. sometimes we have way too much pressure and anxiety. And that comes from not managing your own issues well, not managing your own, your own anxieties, your own traumas, your own things. It it comes from all of that. And being able to communicate, right? I mean, that's the other thing is that, you know, you have to know yourself. You have to know yourself to be able to ask for what you need or even know what you're looking for. Right. And then you got to know how to communicate it and say like, Hey, it would really mean a lot to me if I didn't have to fucking plan anything this weekend. I want to be with you. I want to hang out with you, but. And that's, that's something I'm working on because I, I I personally, you know, in in my own vulnerability, I'm, I'm working on being able to speak up about the things that I need. Yeah. There's a part of me that's like, you should know this. You should know. Yeah. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. But you do have to communicate and teach people on some levels, how to love you and what showing up for you looks like. So we're all a work in progress. I just believe in, COVID has taught me about mortality. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister was recently diagnosed with COVID. She's in Arizona. Oh, no. um, she's okay. She hasn't been hospitalized. She's young, but it's, but it's very scary. And so it just, it, it's a reminder about being intentional about your life and, and what you do yeah. um, and how you live it. And I just, I'm glad that I am no longer in a situation that didn't serve me. Girl, I was so happy to not be sheltering in place with the wrong person. Oof, right? And I have a lot of people listening to this right now who are. Who are. Who <laughs> are. Hard. Yeah. And, 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 what I say, and what I've said to everybody, whether it's personal or professional, how are you going to emerge from this pandemic better than before? My whole show, right, Dana Being Dana, is about the human connection, but it's also about living intentional. Mm-hmm. Being intentional about your life and the things that you are doing yeah. so that you don't live with regrets so that you are always moving forward. Channel your ambition. What do you do that fuels your ambition, your hustle, your passion? Are you walking in your purpose? Are you surrounded by people, both lovers and friends who support you? And if they don't, then it's time to reevaluate the kinds of connections and friends and people that we're associated with those connections that we're making. Yeah. Because that makes and breaks relationships that makes and break and, and, I, and I think you're right. Like COVID is that time. It's like, we're suddenly, it's like, it's like we're frozen in time in, a, in right. many ways. And it's like, now you can't, if you're living with someone that you can't 
survive a lockdown with, right? You know, a shelter a order, then like, that's a problem. Absolutely. And there's people who are getting on each other's nerves and like nobody, nobody, you know, a lot of marriages are, are being, have pressure put on them. Cause like they're used to being apart for eight hours a day or 10 hours a day. And like, that's, that's one thing. But when it's like, wow, actually I can't, I can't live with this person or it's dangerous to your, either your mental well-being or your physical well-being, then like that's information, right? That's, that's a lot of information right there. Correct. I, I've had, as an attorney, I've had five people reach out to me to talk about domestic issues since March wow. as a result of the pandemic. Mm. And, and that just goes to show, you know, in terms of people need, and I'm not a family law attorney, but it's just like, I know you're a lawyer, you know, yeah. what can I do? This is what's happened. And so it's just, it's, it's just important for people to pay attention to those things and, and just really think about be intentional. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't want to emerge from this pandemic um, when, when everybody's free to move about the country and all you have to show for yourself is your COVID 25 mm-hmm. meaning pounds. Right. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's, and that's all you have. Like, you know, and so I've talked to people, you know, like tap into what you want to do. I've had, I've had a, a mentee who was like, I want to be a comedian. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, I saw that, you know, cause I did a show, my current shows on laughter. And so I was like, I can connect you with the comedians on my show. Cause it's a, this is a great time. You got time. We all have time right oh, now. Right. Yeah. On some levels to tap, tap into your passion, mm. do what you love. Yeah. And that's a great way to say like, should I leave or should I go? Hey, husband, you know, this is my, this is what I really want to do. This, and is if they don't, if, this is my dream. This is my passion. And if they're not supportive of you in that space, yeah, honey, yeah, that, that is, that is your indicator yeah. of where you need to be. Absolutely. That is so empowering when you have lovers and friends who support you in your dream. Yes. It in is your, the difference. In your growth, right? Because that's in your growth. In your growth, and it's it could be in, in in your expansion. I always say that, like if your if your partner is not supportive of your dreams or your growth or anything like that, and is threatened by them and tries to squash them, that is like one of the biggest red flags you can possibly have. You're not where you're supposed to be. Yeah, you're not what you're what where you're supposed to be. But people will only do what you allow. People will only do what you allow. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I want the, the sisters here who are listening, and I don't care what color you are, white, black, brown, yellow, purple, green. <laughs> you have to stand up for you. Yep. You have to recognize that you are a gem. You are beautiful inside and out. And you have something to, to give this world. Mm-hmm. And it's not just to the crumb snatchers who you feed and who you've given birth to. It's not necessarily to an ex or someone that you're with that you don't want to be with deep down. Don't let them steal your joy. Don't let them take your purpose. Be selfish about yourself and who you are and, and who you want to be. Because I was in such a fog when I was married because my ex-husband was not working all I was focused on was supporting my family. And so much more of my life has unfolded for me. Mm. Once I got rid of that, I think courage is rewarded. 
So when you have the courage to step away from situations and people that do not suit you, you may find that because that's a heavy burden to carry. Mm. It's a, it's like a fog. It's like a weight. Yes. And so you can't, I mean, most people can't, can't be successful when they have stressful home lives. Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, like they don't got, a, they don't have a whole lot of domestic drama issues. They right. squash all of that because yeah. they understand how much they need to be present to fulfill their dreams. And of course, you know, Steve Jobs is no longer living, but my whole point is that yep. people who are, who are entrepreneurial, people who are successful, people who are passionate and do well in that space of making that come to fruition, you got to clear out the toxicity. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you have to be alone, right? Cause, no, no, cause no, no. Bill Gates has Melinda Gates and that, oh, that sure. is a duo. That is a, oh, absolutely. That, that oh, absolutely. The, you know, Jeff Bezos had his wife too. Totally. Didn't work out. They're divorced, but like that fucking machine was created by them together in partnership. Right. And I think that's, that's so important, right? Because I do think, I do think you, your partner is either fueling the fire of your dreams or they're squashing it, right? It's an ex- and it's exhausting. I think we've all had moments or times or relationships where we felt that overwhelming weight that like of the relationship where it occupies so much. It's heavy. It's, it's your headspace. It's, it's the anxiety you feel about going home. Yeah. It's the anxiety you feel about waking up in the morning. It's the, it's the weight that you feel about your day. It's about the disappointment you feel when there's no one to celebrate your wins. Mm-hmm. It's the anxiety you feel when someone's tearing you down. Are you wearing that? Mm-hmm. Is, that what you, is that what you're doing? Yep. Where are you at? Yep. You know, it's the controlling behavior that you're trying to dodge. All of those things pull away at, at who you are. Yep. And you cannot be who you're meant to be. You cannot walk in your purpose. You cannot do the things you're supposed to be doing when you are in a situation that doesn't suit you, that doesn't pour into you, that doesn't fulfill you in that way. Absolutely. I was talking to a client about this just the other day. We were talking about how when she was doing really well at work or something really good happened or she got a promotion and she would tell him about it you know, his first reaction would be, oh, that's so great, honey. I'm so proud of you. And then like an hour later, he'd be like, I was really jealous when you were telling me about that because, and so she would get, she would get punished. These like little daggers, little cuts that would punish her for her growth got to the point where she was like, I don't know that I want to, or it could have gotten to the point, right? Where it's like, I don't know that I want to take that promotion because I don't want to deal with the cuts. It's a terrible way to be. I have a girlfriend who specializes in energy and I did a show on energy back in January and I loved it. What she said, was, she said, pay attention to who claps. Yeah. Pay attention to who claps. Yeah. And if the people closest to you are not clapping for you. Yeah. That then you have the wrong circle. (laughs) They need to go. Oprah. I went to Oprah's uh, tour that she did earlier this year and I saw her in Atlanta with the rock who is so fine in person, just so you know. What she said was her loudest cheerleader and supporter was Gail King. Yeah. And, and, and Gail was her best friend. Now, they started, they were in journalism together. I think mm-hmm. Gail may older than Oprah and, and had been in the business longer than Oprah. 
But Gail was cheer is cheering, always cheering for Oprah whenever. Yeah. And so that's what she, that's how you know you have a true, a true friend, a true supporter. You know, Gail King didn't have a jealous bone in her body. Yeah. She knew that Oprah was walking in her purpose. And that's that's and so she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so so she so she's able to be there in a way that completely shows up for her friend. Right. And that like in other words, yeah. what I do has nothing to do with what you do. And and that's I mean, that's kind of how I've been raised in a way that like I, I don't carry a, je- a jealous spirit. And I've realized, and I'm sure you realize this too, because you're doing something entrepreneurial. Yeah. And what you don't realize is that sometimes you doing something can stir up the demons in other people. Just by you trying to do something, just by you stepping out, just by you, honey, filing for divorce or or moving on or having the courage to walk away from an abusive, non-supportive situation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just having the courage to to live and seek a better life for yourself, it's going to make other people mad. Yep. It's going to make other people, they're, they're, they're going to have a time with that. They're not going to be happy about that. They don't like to hear that because what that is, is that it, it stirs up and triggers their own insecurities and jealousies and issues. Yep. Absolutely. And you got to pay attention. Pay attention to that. Pay attention. Cause all of that is toxic energy. I've learned so much in recent years about toxic energy and projections yeah. And how real they are and how we do it all the time. Yep. All the time. Yep. Absolutely. From, from people from people being haters to passing judgment all the time. I don't know if you found this, but I know that when I got divorced, it was a like a seismic shift happened in my friendships. Because my friends who had not great marriages or who were or who pretended to have good marriages, but turns out they didn't, had really strong reactions to my divorce, not good ones. Um, it really fucking rocked the boat. And then, and so those are the people who my friendships, even though they were long lasting friendships, they didn't last. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause suddenly, and they were the ones who got divorced really soon after. And it's because people are going through their own traumas. They're going through their own experiences. They're going through their own losses Yep. in those relationships. Absolutely. And once again, it's, it, it goes back to the same situation and scenario about projection mm-hmm. and how people project. Yes. And that's why it's, I say you got to be real with yourself. You got to own your stuff because I've learned that too, just even in these dating streets, dating people who have exes, you know, who get triggered. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard for them to, to conceptualize or to understand. I mean, moving divorce is one thing. Yeah. Moving on is another other thing Divo- we can have a do we can do a whole show do a whole other show on that because <laughs> some of these exes honey like divorce is one thing and move because i've all i'm the type of person like when the door is closed when i'm done i'm done mm. and that's kind of what people hate because they're like she's really done with me and yeah. she's moving on uh-huh because i believe in protecting my space my right. values who i am and what i am and sometimes people are not meant to ride with you in your next chapter. Right. And, and so people get caught up in, and that part of that is that control. Mm-hmm. Part of that is the, is that, con- that need to control. Right. And if you've been a woman who's done everything, you're like, well, wait a minute. People can understand being divorced, but yeah. they can't always understand moving on. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is a part of it. 
Absolutely. I mean, I've seen, I've seen women who were the ones who left, right. But still wanted to control everyone, their partner, their ex dated and like have a say in like how everything went like, like all of that. Right. And it's like, no, 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 you, you don't, you don't get that. Let it go. Let it go. (laughs) Honey, you have to allow everybody to move on. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. it's, it's complicated it's when you're a disservice. Yes. But you, and it's also complicated. It's made more difficult when you have kids because you are in, you're still in connection and contact. You're, you're, you know, co-parenting, you're trying to like, right. You have access to information that maybe you wouldn't have had. Right. Right. And, and, and a lot of times people are using kids as pawns. Mm-hmm. Right. We need to talk about, we need to talk about the kids. Do you? Right. Really? Do we, need to, do we need to talk about that? Right. A lot of times those are just bids to keep engagement. Absolutely. And connection. And control. And, and control. Mm-hmm. All of that. Yep. All of that. Absolutely. Yes. Again, we could talk, we could do like a whole other episode, but you have a new show. So plug your, plug your show. Oh, yes. Well, thank you so much. So I... I have been on radio since 2017 with my, with my, with my podcast, mm-hmm. Dana being Dana. It's on intellectual radio. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Dana being Dana. And we talk about the human connection and the different bring us together. We take a, a very organic, authentic, uh, often humorous approach to just life. I started, and this is why I love you and, and Susan and Ben and Nikki I started talking about my own divorce. That's how I got into this whole thing. I'm a lawyer by trade. I don't have, people are like, so when did you go to journalism school? I was like, I've been a lawyer my whole life. Like that is what I do. Mm. I just got into this and became passionate about it and felt like I had something to say and people were listening, mm-hmm. which is why I encourage everybody. But I couldn't do that when I was buried in the weight of toxic relationships and energy that just didn't suit me. That's why I tell people, Free yourself and the rest will follow. Absolutely. The, Never know what's on the inside. Absolutely. The philosophers in vogue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, honey. Great but when you free yourself it. and you free your mind, you know, that and the rest will follow. Um, you can do so much more. Like, I realize how much more energy I have. Yeah. How much passion I have, how much power when my mind is clear. Because I'm not thinking about toxicity. I'm not in situations that tear me down. I don't deal with people who are not clapping for me as I am for them. So my radio show got picked up for television last year. We have just celebrated a year of being on television. We're on Naperville Community Television. It's a local nonprofit community television station right outside of Chicago. And uh, we've been doing well. It's been great. You can find us on NCTV 17, not to be confused with NC 17, but uh, that's, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> that's a whole but, um, show. but yes, Dana being Dana, I'm on danabeingdana.com. All of that. I, I was asked to co-host um, a new show on Naperville community television called finding common ground. And it's about Similarly to Dana being Dana, but, but just more on a, on a current events level, talking about things where there are different sides of, uh, differences of opinion on different sides of issues that are important to our community. You know, right now, our first episode was about 
racism and COVID because a lot of Asian Americans had been attacked locally in our community. And I was like, guess what, y'all? Racism isn't new. Um, (laughs) That was kind of the show that we were talking about. And we actually recorded it five days before George Floyd was killed. And so just the timing of that was, was Was divine. Is that the one that I, that I watched that Ernest was on? No, that was my race show. That, that was, was race. That was the race. That was yeah, just, yeah. I did. So I did. I did an episode on race. Right. That was Dana being Dana. That was Dana being Dana. That's yeah. Dana being Dana, honey. All right. Uh, okay. But Got that it. was my race show. Yeah. And and that's where I had uh, six people of different races and ethnicities coming in to talk about race, and it was yeah. it was it's I it was I, I, I approached it kind of in a humorous way because we're like let's talk about some of these stereotypes, right? Mm-hmm. And then we talk about you know kind of ways we can heal and be intentional. And the fact that we're going to make mistakes. Yeah. You know, the part of growth is not being afraid of failure. You will fail. Yep. There will be things that make, that cause you to fail, that, that may be responsible for your failure, but there's growth in that mm-hmm. and being okay with that and fall. It's like riding a bike. I mean, how many times have you fallen off a bike, but you eventually got it? Mm-hmm. And so I wish adults were more like children in the, the intentionality and the bravery and the courage to be like, Hey, I want to do that. Right. And I'm not going to be daunted by, by what other people are saying or how I look or what I'm wearing or what I'm driving or what someone else is going to say or what other people are going to think. I am going to be intentional and do this because I believe in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Dana, thank you so much. My pleasure. Coming on. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh my God. Anytime. We should do it again because we we should do it again. We always have a lot to talk about and and I I, I could, we could talk all day. So I think you are amazing. Thank you for this opportunity and just for being such a light in what you do for others in this space. There's a lot of people out here who have benefited from you helping them when there was no way. And so thank you for what you do for other people, because that's what we need. That's what people need. And um, it's so important because like I said, people only have one life to live and the more we can help people get to them, get back to them, we're doing good stuff. So bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you too. Seriously, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.